the double shot with your favourite cousins in the entirety of the globe, Alex and James Fitzgerald. Good to see you, cuz. Good to hey, see you. Hey, great to see you. You look stunning. You look absolutely glowing. So you're do glowing. you. Blue I'd is your colour. I'd ask you if you were pregnant. Be- I'd ask blue, you if you were pregnant. Blue is your colour. Mm. No, red's my colour. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Hey, you <clears> and I have frequented a, a few different... Hotel rooms, we've uh, gone to a few awesome real estate conferences overseas and I would say we've been to some pretty funky places. We're, we're very blessed in that regard. But stepping slightly left here, what are you taking from the minibar? What, you know, you go into these hotels, you can't resist. Some of them better minibars than others. I recently experienced a sensational one in LA. What do you go for? You're just, you're starving. Your flight's been delayed. You finally got to your hotel. Yeah. And you have you just have to you have to just knock off the edge. What are you gonna take from the minibar? Well, I was about to say it does depend on the the time of the day, but I I, I have to admit, I take from the minibar, if I do, I reckon yeah. it's late in the Arvo. It's before dinner, it's after <laughs> lunch, it's late okay. in the Arvo. And um, Yeah. It's usually when you check in, right? <clears throat> I think if if I've taken a hundred things from the mini bar, Snickers has been there eighty five times. Yeah. No, yeah. chocolate. You're a chocolate guy. Yeah, Snickers, little Snickers number, just to tie <laughs> me over. No, normally, from because uh, you're right. Normally, it's it's you're quick. You're on the run. Um, yeah. Very often, it's been it's just, just as you've gotten in there after traveling. It's there. And yeah, you want a bit of sugar. So Snickers for me. Well, what about you? I just, as soon as there's a packet of chips there, I don't care what flavour. Well, actually, that's not true. I care if they are like a cream and chives. That never leaves you with a good breath. And I'm usually travelling for meetings, so I don't want to be going into a meeting with a sour cream and and chives Mm. haze over my head. Uh, But uh, kettle chips, all those like really organic, you know, like sassy uh, packets, I just, I can't resist them. Red Red Rock Deli are often in um, Australian hotels they are. I've noticed. Red, and Red Rock kettles. Deli. If you can get the Red Rock Deli um, oh. honey soy chicken or salt and vinegar, obviously you, you've absolutely lucked out. Naturally. The chili, chili one probably sits a category under that. Yep. And plain, you can have the plains. I'll, I'll, I'll rather not eat than have plain chips. What? The yep. salty goodness every day. I just, as soon as, as soon as that packet of chips sees me and I see it and we meet eyes, <laughs> uh, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. It's getting eight. It's getting eight. No, it's, you can have. I understand yeah, that's no, probably not. Plain chips, not about them. That's just wrong. But good to know you're a Snickers guy, and you don't want to know what Snickers is in Dutch. I want to talk about valuations, and this is something that you're more qualified to talk on than me. I know. I know about <laughs> them, obviously, but you are day to day dealing with valuations and it is not an exact science, is it? And it's actually probably one of the more confusing things I think for property investors yeah. is understanding how the valuation works. It either, you know, it comes in, um, normally it comes in too low if it's your own home or it comes in too high if it's for the purposes of land tax and rates assessment. So <laughs> talk us through all the different myriads of <coughs> forms that valuations can come in and and ultimately, which are Jeez. the ones that matter? Oh, far out. I mean, okay. Yo- yoikers. Bank valuations. All right. Well, 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 They're the ones I that mean, really matter, aren't they? The bank's yeah, valuation yeah, of your home. They are. They are. Now, all banks complete a valuation 
on the property that you've purchased as you go to commence your finance. Sometimes you can order what we call an upfront valuation where they don't require you to submit an application to get finance with that particular bank and others will require you to fully submit an application before they order a valuation. As a bit of a by the by, it is good information to know, the bank will auto-generate a valuation request through their random chocolate wheel that we know as Valex. It's irrelevant what that is, but the point is that Valex randomly chooses a valuer, it lands on a valuer's desk and they have to go out and complete the valuation on that property. And we call that property valuation a a, a val for mortgage security purposes. So more often than not, my experience is that they come back relatively conservative. So often they will be less than the price that you are purchasing that property for. And then other times they'll be on the money, right on the money, right on contract price. I think a really interesting thing to know as a purchaser and especially a first home buyer is that bank valuations are on the conservative side for a few different reasons. They have to factor in market risk. They have to actually put commentary on the market, where it's at, what interest rates are doing, which blows my mind because it's like, well, okay, Yes, relevant, but also, but also, you know, the market is is different for every different suburb. But they have to provide what we call comparable sales. So they've actually got to go into the area, uh, most likely the the suburb that the purchase is in and and close by surrounding, and they've got to provide comparable sales and put commentary on them. So they'll find the most comparable to your property. And they will find out what they have sold for and then evidently what they have settled for. They cannot use comparable sales without that property having settled. Now, the frustrating part is, and this is why we often get vows that are slightly under the contract price, the settlement, the settlement, well, that could be three, six, even nine months from when the property was actually purchased. A lot can happen in nine months, can't it, Kaz? It can, and, and I think too, you know, the banks are conservative because the way they brief the valuer is they say to them, if we need to get our money back in 30 to 60 days, what can we get for this house? And That's so right. the valuer really, they, they've, got to, they've got to be able to tell the bank what that number would be. Um, so naturally, you know, you could imagine if you're the valuer, you've got one house that's, a, you know, maybe slightly better than, than the house that you're valuing. You've got mm. one house that's maybe slightly, you know, not as good inferior. As, as inferior that they use yeah. as, as the house that you're valuing. You'll typically lean towards the the inferior house, the, the house that's not as good because <laughs> you don't want the bank to say, hey, you told me we were going to get this in 30 to 60 days. Um, this person defaulted. We had to sell it. You know, we're going to make a complaint against your licence. So they are inherently conservative. They do have to yeah. take into account three to six months worth of sales. So it's always in a, in a moving market that you find it very, um, very hard to, you feel a bit hard done by because six months is a long time in a market that's moving, you know, 10, 20% per annum, like we saw through, through, you know, the last couple of years. Um, talk me then just to round out the desktop valuation, because that's one that I hear a lot is, is, Mm. you know, often the bank or, or even the broker will say, do you, are you happy to just get a desktop valuation done? How does that yeah. differ from, um, you know, the, the full and proper valuation where they come out and, and you have to let them in and they do the inspection and, you know, take a proper look at it all? 
Yeah, so so the desktop valuation is essentially exactly what it sounds like. It can be done from a computer. And more often than not, it's like a auto-generated, somewhat of an indicative valuation based on data. So data being settled sales uh, that have been logged into RP data, which is one of the biggest, or if not the biggest um, data, real estate data portal in Australia. So they pretty much gather all of their settled information from there. So it doesn't factor in absolutely everything. So a desktop is, I would say, usually indicative. And uh, I recently had a desktop valuation done on one of my properties and that was for the purpose of refinancing. So I was doing an internal refinance. So I'm with NAB already and I want to refinance within NAB and they're happy with just a desktop valuation. So happy to just generate that, have an understanding of what it's worth so that they can basically, you know, update my loan to value ratio or whatever. Um, So it's a little bit more informal. They won't do a desktop valuation though, because when you're lodging finance to actually get brand new lending on on a purchase, they will do a full inspection, go out there, cite it, you know, make sure there's, you know, not a whole entire electrical uh, establishment next door or power lines over the top or whatever it is, they've actually got to physically cite it. The value is, um, we call that a curbside valuation. There you go. Very good. All right. So there seems to be a bit of a phenomenon. Well, it's getting written about a lot. It's not really a phenomenon where people, mostly young people who rent a bedroom or rent a apartment or even a house go on holidays for extended time and they actually Airbnb the property or their room just in that little small period whilst they're away and they actually make money. Tell us more. Uh, One of the greatest ideas I've ever heard. If you can (laughs) afford to do it and and your lifestyle, your situation allows it, then I think it's an awesome idea. Um, My sister-in-law actually uh, did it. Hans' sister uh, did it. uh, They live in Munich, which is um, inner city Munich, Nice, you know, kind of, you know, frequently visited city in uh-huh. uh, in Germany there, and yeah, they went away for like a month um, and rented out their their place. I think it was rented for three of the four weeks. Had a friend just help out in terms of, um, you know, sorting out the keys, got a cleaner in. You know, wasn't sort of too too much of a hassle. Yep, and it paid for the majority of their accommodation whilst they were traveling uh, throughout the rest of Europe in in the Germany they- summer. So. You know, why wouldn't you do it um, is probably more the question. I, you know, <laughs> I, I think, um, well, let me ask you, would you do it? Would you and Dean do it? You're in South I Yarra. Would. People would yeah. love to rent your your uh, townhome for, you know, mm. the week or two or a month if you allowed it. I would absolutely do it because uh, Dean would not. Dean would not do it. He's a real, like, I don't want anyone else in my personal space. Type, type mm. of guy. Um, and, and I guess too, like we, we've got a, we've got a townhouse. So like to pack up our belongings, personal belongings, it would take a lot of effort. I would do it however, or I would have to sit down and, and really work hard on convincing Dean. If we were away for one or two months, like then I think we would consider doing it or I would, I would, I would go hard, but he would, he probably not, but I absolutely would. Absolutely. I've actually got a friend who just for Australian Open every year, she's got an apartment in South Yarra and it's it's a great big two-bedroom, like awesome location just off the tram track that takes you directly into the city. Just for four weeks in January every year, she moves in with her parents 
and she rakes in a thousand bucks a, a week. She probably she could probably get more, but she does leave some of her stuff in there. So I think you know. I'm all about it. If you've got a similar yeah. hack, hit us up. We would love to share it with everyone else. Uh, Absolutely. What about this one? I thought this was pretty entrepreneurial. Ooh. Sent you this because uh, it was in Adelaide, your uh, you your favourite place. <laughs> House selling for a million dollars in Adelaide. Uh, it's a little bit out of town. It's sort of 20, 30 minutes out of town. So a million dollars, it, it sort of uh, grabbed the news headlines because they're like, whoa, there's a house selling yeah. for a million dollars. Yeah. Most of the houses are, you know, six, seven hundred thousand. What's yeah. so great about it? It's got nice bathrooms. What's going on? Well, no, it's got 19 bedrooms. What? 19 bedrooms. They're all That's like not two a house. by two metres. So they've just crammed. Oh, well, I don't know if we can put the floor plan on our Instagram or something if that doesn't violate some sort of privacy rules. But um, <laughs> 19 bedrooms, only five bathrooms. So you've got to share a bathroom with pretty much four other people. Wow. Um, a million bucks. Each uh, bedroom costs $185 a week inclusive of bills. Oh. So that is a gross return of $180,000 a year. Friggin' hell. If you had the 19 bedrooms all rented out all of the time. Yes. On a, on a million dollars, that's an 18% gross rent return. Very entrepreneurial. Somewhere. 19 I've got, bedrooms. I've got like somewhere a, i got to go. i got to like leave a, right now. I think it's two. I think they said it's like a 230 or 240 square metre house and it's got the 19 bedrooms in there. So that's, that's like the size of a normal four-bedroom home. That's got to be near a university, surely, because that is glorified student accommodation. Who puts 19 bedrooms in a 230 square metre? Is this a legal property? Well, it's in the news now, so I think we're well, going to find out, surely, if it's not. <laughs> it's illegal. They're in a bit of He's trouble. He's in a bit of strife. He's in a bit of strife. <laughs> but that is actually a very interesting concept, if that's what I can call it. It's a very interesting. I would buy that. I would buy that, but... Oh, I geez, would also you need be a property manager. I would also be prepared to have a lot of issues. It, oh, it would almost you become a full-time job. It, yeah. Could you That's imagine actually, 19 people living together in in such confined spaces sharing Five bathrooms. It'd be uh, it's student accommodation, basically. That's honestly that's what it is. It, but, it might work. But hey, good on this person. They just gutted mm. the place, ripped down all the walls, and just built 19 bedrooms and five bathrooms. Really got my mind ticking over here. We we'll call this segment the Great Debate, Alex. And, I don't want to uh, fight with you. I don't want to fight with you, cuz. You're going to have to pick a side. Um, <laughs> should we renovate or should we build new? Another one of those ones that probably falls into the category of the real common questions that seem to come through. <laughs> I've, I've done both. I've renovated and built new. You have just finished a renovation. Um, mm. Uh, and you've also built new houses as investments, obviously, as well. So we, we've both done a yeah. bit of both. Um, I don't know if you want to – maybe you pick the reno side because you've just done it. I'll pick the new. <laughs> Pros and cons of each. Um, when it comes to renovation, I guess first and foremost, would you do it again? Um, and what was the good <laughs> and the bad of it? Far out. That is a great and very confronting question. Would I do it again? <laughs> Too soon? Do, do you know – yeah, very soon <laughs> – do you know what I think? Because if you've, it, it's really a conversation or a debate best had in the context of owner occupier, right? Because you did it with your owner occupier, I've done it with my owner occupier. I've never built a new home to live in. That would be that would be quite wild. But I think really you've got to ask yourself as an owner occupier: 
you know, where I own and live right now, do I want to be here? Is this where I want to be? Do I love this suburb? Uh, and that kind of, I guess, is how we came to our decision. It's like, mm. all right, well, where, where did Dean and I want to be? And the answer was, well, we, we want to be where we are. It's like, oh, mm. okay, well, you know, if we buy in this suburb, we're going to pay more, it's going to cost us more money, we're going to move only down the road. The entrance and exit fees of real estate can be really expensive and mm. we do live in a really nice area um, and we live in a property that Dean has owned for a very long time. So to exit and enter, it just didn't quite meet up for us to stay in the same suburb at this point in our lives, right? So we'll eventually get the bigger house, you know, when we have a family and stuff like that. But for right now, it just didn't make sense. So that was sort of what led us down the path of renovation, that and a little bit of working from home and realising we had a bit of a leak in the wall, which sort of uncovered a reno that ended up being much bigger than we thought it was going to be. But that was how we sort of went to make the decision that we did. Exiting and entering a new purchase yeah. versus renovating, it was probably more feasible to renovate being we wanted to stay. But I think, over I think, to you. Well, I think they're both big projects. They both take a toll. Oh, they're, yeah. they're neither of them, you know, you, neither of them are a walk in the park. They always <laughs> cost more than you think. They always take longer than you think. It doesn't matter how often you've done it and how good you are at it. Mm. Um with renovating, it's cheaper typically. Gen- generally speaking, renovation is going to be cheaper than, than building new. Well, um, especially it, if you can live there, right, whilst you're renovating. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. If you don't have to pay two rents or two mortgages, um, it's quicker, generally speaking. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the, the real benefit is probably that you can, you can normally do it whilst you live there, which means it, it does, it's less disruptive. Um, on the other side of the equation, building new, I'd do that over renovating personally. Um, it's more expensive, so you've got to be able to afford it. You've mm. got to be able to live somewhere whilst you're building, obviously. <laughs> okay, money backs. Um, well, it's, it's unconstrained. That's what I'm I loved kidding. about it. The hard part about renovating is you're stuck with the structure. There's certain things you just can't <laughs> do. Whereas with yeah. um, building new, it's it's a blank canvas. You can... You can start from scratch. You can, you know, everything that you want, you can generally get. Um, and it's a lot smoother. It is just smoother. Like um, renovating, you, you've got to coordinate um, things. You've got to coordinate everything. You know, it's, it's a whole new ball game when oh, yeah. it comes to coordinating the trades and, and, and the suppliers. Yeah. Um, a, a, new, a, a new house being built, very smooth because it just runs like clockwork. Everything gets programmed from the start. Um, you know, Be other cool than to say everything goes smoothly. Though. Smoother. <laughs> it's all relative, right? It's smoother. Re- renovations, renovations gave me more stress per- personally than than um, than the the building which, new. Which house did you renovate? Goodna. My first reno- time. Yeah. Wow. Was it a so significant renovation? So maybe that was part of it as though? well. Maybe I, I'm just like had PTSD because it was the first one. I was. <laughs> Very inexperienced at the time, but yeah. you know, one trade would um, would you know get busy or not turn up or try and move it a day or two, and it just threw out every other trade um, and and, yeah. and every other supplier, and and obviously if you're living there as well, it's it's incom- so it's it's just uh, stressful. <laughs> I'll tell you, we had one morning we had we'd moved back in, and we the trade one of the trades just like came in and let themselves in at like six thirty a.m. And luckily we were awake, but, like, they just walked into our house. 
Because the bloody key was still out. That was dumb, wasn't it? That's oh, given me a little bit of PTSD. One thing I will say is if you're a trade, it's so much easier to renovate because, oh, number one, you've got changer. connections, so you know people generally because yeah. you, you're yeah. in the business. Number two, mm. you can do some of it yourself as well, which um, saves, saves um, you know, the expense but also the time and you sort of you're able to be there a bit bit more frequently. So it is different if you know what you're doing. That's it's, massive caveat I'll put on, that's on that. That's a complete game changer. Pretty much wraps it up, Kaz. I'm off to uh, Greek tonight. Going to get some Saganaki. You found a Saganaki? Where are you going? Going to Opa in Brisbane. Yeah. A Greek restaurant. Greek Did restaurant, you say, yeah. you say, I'm off to Greek tonight. It was Greek. a little, little bit of a confusing Greek sentence. Greek restaurant tonight. Yep. Oh, Saganaki. Is that kind of like halloumi but it's like a bit more Yeah, I don't know what delicious. the difference is. Pretty Yum. much halloumi. I think they're the same thing. Uh, my mouth, I just started salivating. Hey, mate. Sounds amazing. I've, I hope that doesn't give you too much envy. Good chat. I'll see you next I wanna, week. I want to wish you a really good time at the Greek restaurant tonight. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is thedoubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is thedoubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.